Hello and welcome back to Maximum Sports. This is your host, Max Patillo. Glad to have you back in. Uh, I've got a little bit of a cold, but I've got my hauls uh, in my mouth, so hopefully I don't cough too much. So just excuse me for that. Um, but yeah, just a little cold I'm dealing with, but I'm, I'm still here for you guys, giving you the, the information. So uh, we're gonna, this, I'm excited for this off season. This is, uh, one of the most fun times of the year, really. I mean, this is the team building time and this is, uh, a big part of, of what we do for this show. So we're going to do our QB rankings. We're going to talk about the Bengals, the Redskins and the Lions. Um, we're going to go in depth on those three teams today getting them ready for the first, second, and third pick of the draft. We're going to go in order of that. We're going to get into some key dates to keep in mind as we go through the offseason. So we'll start with um, talking quarterbacks because that's obviously the most important position. It can put you over the top. There needs to be, I heard Bucky Brooks talking about it, Uh, there needs to be a correction in the quarterback market and it's it's just like uh if you're if you're picking company company stocks on the stock market things get overvalued very quickly and especially right now you know things are just skyrocketing prices they're just not a great value and it tends to happen and it goes cyclical and then you have a correction and it and the the actual stats or the earnings of a company will bring that stock price back down to where it, it it's supposed to be. It corrects. And so when you're looking at quarterbacks, it's right now it, it's like a bull market. Everyone's getting top dollar every time. And over the course of time, less and less qualifications seem to be required to earn that money and that's where you need a correction and so these teams they're paying worse and worse players basically and I mean you start with back when Joe Flacco got his deal now he had just come off winning a Super Bowl he was a champion he was the big he was a huge reason for that team winning maybe the reason he had one of the best playoff stretches we've ever seen from a quarterback it wasn't their defense at that time it was Joe Flacco he carried that team and beat the 49ers in uh, the 2012 Super Bowl and so he he actually in my mind he earned his money but that doesn't mean that that he was really good enough and over time it proved that he really wasn't so that kind of set in motion okay well if Joe Flacco got that money well then um, who was the next guy after that? Maybe, um, oh, I'm trying to think back to that time, but, you know, of course the Drew Breeses are going to get theirs, um, the Matt Ryans, uh, you know, um, but then like you start getting to the, like Derek Carr's getting their big money because it's their turn. And then you get the Matt Stafford's and you get the Jared Goff's and the Jimmy Garoppolo's and the Kirk Cousins. And now 
Dak, you get a guy like Dak, who, I mean, talent-wise, he's probably, if he were to get top dollar, he'd probably be the worst quarterback talent-wise and skill-wise to ever be paid top market value. And so that's kind of leading to this this wild market. And these guys all think they should get it because their qualifications to earn it have deteriorated so much. Like Dak's saying, well, I've won more games than Kirk Cousins, or I'm better than Kirk Cousins, or I'm better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's only played one year. I'm Dak. I've played three years, and I've won the division twice. And I have all these wins, and... And I have these stats and stuff, and it's just uh, he he. That's what he's telling the Cowboys. He feels like he deserves it, but the Cowboys, they, like they know, they see him every day in practice, they see him in every game. They've critiqued him as much as possible. It's been four years. He's about to be a free agent. They haven't paid him by now. Uh, there's no, there's they should not be paying him. If you don't know by now, then you don't know. Now, there is the franchise tag. The franchise tag, you can put it on one guy a year, and you get to keep him for one more year. And that's what the Redskins were doing with Kirk Cousins. They did it twice with Kirk Cousins, and they kept him around because they weren't quite sure. In the end, they let him go, and he moved on. And so, but that still is, it's still giving you less and less flexibility (laughs) as you're going along. So... Even though the franchise tag is an option, that still means you can't use it on someone else. And for me, if you're going to move on from a guy and you're not sure yet about him, how's he really going to get that much better? Uh, It's been four years. Do you think he's really going to improve leaps and bounds to where you want to keep him around one more year to see? You want to let him see that fifth year? Move The sooner you move on, the sooner you can change things. The sooner you can become the... Uh, Ravens, who replaced their guy, and look how they did. Uh, Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Oh, how about the Chiefs the year before? They moved on from their guy, Alex Smith. And look who they have, Mahomes. He just won the Super Bowl, and he won an MVP as well. Move on, get a young guy in. I mean, look at the Bills. They moved on. Uh, They got Josh Allen, made the playoffs. He's a young guy, has promise. So you move off these guys and you you pour your resources into positions that are really hard to get and it's a crapshoot. You you, you got to leave yourself open and, and try to find a quarterback that can fit your scheme and what you want to do and a lot of these quarterbacks are ready to play from day one now. We're We're seeing that now. Guys are winning MVPs in their first, second seasons. I mean, it's it's fascinating. So if you don't have the guy, don't be afraid to move off him. Go draft a guy. It's fine. You don't need to pay Jared Goff. You don't need to pay Derek Carr. You don't need to pay Jimmy G. Just let those guys play out their contracts and let them move on. Let someone else pay Dak. Uh, someone will do it. There's some suckers out there. They'll pay Dak big money if that, I mean, word is that the Cowboys have offered Dak $30 million or something, uh, which is outrageous that they've even offered that. And he turned them down. 
So he wants to be the top paid guy. He wants to be paid more than Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a, someone's in delusion of, uh, delusional of, of who they are. And that's because the quarterback market needs a correction. And hopefully the Cowboys, maybe they're going to be the ones to do it, or at least halfway do it. If they do the franchise tag, they're kind of one foot in, one foot out, and they'll be stuck in mediocrity because of that. But the fear, the fear of letting go of Dak is going to hold the Cowboys back. And they just need to move on, find another guy. Cowboys, Dallas, you'll be amazed how good another quarterback will be behind that offensive line. You'll be amazed. Find find an athlete out there. Pick him in the first round. Who cares? Pick a Justin Herbert, Tua, Joe Burrow, that Jordan Love guy. Pick them. They're all working now. And and throw them behind that offensive line with Ezekiel Elliott. And, and you'll be amazed how easy it is to replace Dak. Don't be scared. Have the guts. Go man up and do it. So that's that's kind of what we need to see from the QB market because we can't have these guys who don't deserve it. They're ruining it for everyone else because then, you know, these other guys come along and they want their money too. And uh, th- these guys keep setting the market higher and higher. So now we're going to get into our QB rankings. And this was kind of difficult because I feel like the cream really rise to the top and then there's just a bunch of a bunch of I don't know uh, at the bottom here there's a lot of new guys a lot of fresh faces things we just don't understand about these quarterbacks yet it's really hard to evaluate and I don't think there there's guys you can win with a lot of these guys you can win I think it's just uh, some are better than others, obviously. Some push you a little further over the top. It, it, I heard Colin Cowherd talking about there's two guys that are blank check guys, and it's Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. And after that, we've got questions about everyone else in the league. And even paying Russell Wilson, uh, it, does that limit you so much that you... I mean, because the Seahawks haven't been back to the Super Bowl since Russell was on his rookie deal. So it's questionable across the league. But, I mean, those two guys, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, you got to keep them around because letting them go, it's all a probability. It's all an equation. Letting them go, your probability of being even better is lower than you keeping them. But those are the only two guys. Anyone else, it's either age, talent, sustainability, uh, there's question marks around all the rest of those guys. So this QB rankings is based on how I project them for this coming season, the 2020 coming season. And it's just that one season because I've got some guys in here. I don't know. I have some sustainability concerns going forward in the future. The rankings might be a little different, but at least for this coming year, these are my quarterback rankings for 2020. And it could change. I mean, I might do another one to start the season, depending on how free agency and all the weapons go, who I think is going to have the best years. But this is pretty much based on last year, who I who I have where. So we'll go through it. 
Obviously, number one, talked about new king of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's it's not really arguable. Number two, Russell Wilson, the other blank check guy, leads his team to the playoffs almost every year, and he's never had a he's never probably had a top twenty five offensive line in his career, and he's the winningest quarterback through eight seasons. Number three, Drew Brees. The guy wins. He wins every year, uh, and he he still looks great even at 40. Um, so going into this next year, as long as he doesn't retire, I think he'll still be a great quarterback, and there's not many guys I'd rather have over Drew Brees. Number four, Tom Brady. Tom, he's, he's 42. He didn't actually play all that well last year, but, I mean, they still won with 12 games. Uh, so... If he, if I had to choose, you know, for a season, who I want, he he didn't have a great offensive line this year. You put Tom Brady on the Cowboys, they're probably the Super Bowl favorites behind that offensive line. Um, they're not he, Brady. He Brady would carry that team. Uh, so I would still take him, you know, over a lot of these guys. So I have Brady number four, number five Lamar Jackson. Uh. He's just an incredible athlete. I mean, there's so much you can do with him running the ball, and that just leads to great defense. It leads to game control. You're going to win a lot of games playing that way. When he gets behind, that's a concern. Can he pass well enough to lead a comeback? I just don't know if he's going to be trailing many teams. And he was the MVP this year. Going forward next year, he probably is still going to have another great season. I just hope he, he can sustain it and protect himself a little more going in the future. I might not take him, but for these next few years, I'll take Lamar Jackson, uh, number five. Number six, Aaron Rodgers. It was a make-it-or-break-it year for him I had earlier in the season. That's what I said. and He's dropped down a little bit. You can see his age. I, I, I kind of wonder how much he really loves the game, um, and kind of where he's at mentally. I think it's been a challenge for him to adjust to this new NFL offensive lines deteriorating. He's not as mobile as he once was. He's showing age more than Breeze and, and Brady, I think, but he's like five years younger. So I don't know about Rodgers, but I'll still take him over a lot of guys at number six. Number seven, Deshaun Watson, great athlete. He he just needs to improve. He's he's steadily improving, but he's got to make continue to make those winning plays. Number eight, Carson Wentz, uh, concerned about his injuries. He's never been able to play a full season without getting hurt. Um, and he he's got all the tools. He's got all the talent. He could easily be in that top five category if he could just stay healthy. And but he really carried his team into the playoffs at the end of last year. Um, I'll, I'll take him at number eight, number nine, Matt Ryan. Still playing at high level, especially statistically. This is where the list starts to kind of thin a little bit. I mean, Atlanta's sunk all their resources into Matt Ryan, but um, he's kind of getting up there in age. Um, I'll take number ten. Is pretty much a surprise even for myself. But I think I was wrong on Kyler Murray. Um, he he looks 
He's running around out there. The athleticism, I love the athleticism. He actually played pretty well with a really terrible roster in Arizona. And I like the way he throws the ball, and I like what they can do in their offense with him. And I think that he can improve. And I have it at number 10, which I just is surprising to me. But I think going into this year, I think he can really play well and, and earn that ranking. So uh, number 11, Josh Allen. Bills were a um, surprising team. He's a young guy. He's mobile. And I think he has a good future. He's got a cannon for an arm. He just needs to be a little more accurate. Uh, number 12, Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben, when he plays, he's been really good. I think like Rodgers, the NFL's kind of moving away from him a little bit. He's getting older. But, I mean, he's he's a, he's a champion. He's had a lot of good seasons when he is healthy, so we'll see how he bounces back next year. I'll have him number 12. A lot of this is based on who I'd rather have over the guys behind him, you know? So just because you're ranked number, number 10 doesn't mean I think you're really good. It just means I'd rather have you more than the other guys on the list. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a hard list to, to put together. Number 13, Matt Stafford. He's got a lot of physical, physical tools. He's talented. He's more talented than the next guy's. Um, number fourteen, Kirk Cousins. He's act. He he wins a lot of games. I'm I was um, pleasantly surprised at how he bounced back after the criticism early in the year, even from his own teammates throwing him under the bus. Um, but he bounced back and and pushed them to the playoffs. Uh, Sam Darnold, number fifteen. I like his athleticism. I think he can get better and better. Hopefully, he doesn't have mono again going into the season. He missed six games because of that. Number 16, Derek Carr, Raiders. He actually played okay with John Gruden. I think they have a potential to be better moving forward. Number 17, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's a system quarterback. He's dropping back. He's throwing a lot of screen passes. He's handing the ball off. He's a game manager, and with that kind of talent around him, he can still go to a Super Bowl, obviously. But he's not going to be the guy that pushes you over the top, even though he's paid like he should be. Um, Jimmy G is number 17. Uh, number 18, Cam Newton. He was hurt all year. Don't know how he's going to be. He's an incredible athlete. There's a lot you can do with him. I wonder about his mentality. There's a lot of question marks. I take him over the, the rest of the guys on these list, on this list right now. And whoever ends up with Cam, whether it's the Panthers or whoever else, they're going to need to really make sure he loves football still. Make sure he's focused because... He's an incredible talent, and uh, he needs to be more accurate with the football. You're going to base your offense around clear throws, but Cam has still, I think, potential for maybe some more good years of football. Number 19, Dak Prescott, Cowboys. Uh, I've always said like that you can win games with Dak. I mean, his best year was his rookie year. Uh, he can manage a game. I like his intangibles. I like his toughness. I like his poise. He just athletically isn't... He, he can move around a little bit. He's not a good thrower of the football. He's a little better version of Tim Tebow. But uh, Tebow is probably a better runner. But um, 
Dak's a mid-level guy. I think he should, he can make twenty million if you want to pay him that. That's fine. That's a you know, ten uh, percent of your or uh, sorry, five uh, percent of your cap hit. If you want to do five percent, that's fine. But he's not a ten to fifteen percent guy, and he wants to be be paid at fifteen percent every cap. You can't do that. Uh, <clears throat> Philip Rivers, number twenty. He's dropped off a lot. He's just getting old. I don't know where he's going to go. And he has not been able to win big games in his career. But, you know, we'll see with Phillip um, going forward where he ends up. And he can still win games. He's still a wily veteran. But we'll see where, where Phillip ends up. Number 21, Jared Goff. Really big drop off this year. Made the money and then really uh, didn't play well. Uh, number 22, Daniel Jones. Giants, young quarterback. I like his, his age and I like his mobility. And I think he can improve and get better and better. Uh, number 23, Ryan Tannehill. His playoff run once he took over from Mariota was amazing. I mean, there was a reason he wasn't the starter to start the season. He's got some limitations, but I like how he can move around and he can make some plays for you. Number 24, Jacoby Brissett. is playing against or uh, behind a top NFL offensive line, but, you know, they were a so-so team. So he's okay, but I think he's more of a backup quarterback probably going forward. A lot of these guys are going to end up being backups um, because there's about to be a bunch of quarterbacks drafted probably playing year one. So we'll see about that going forward. Um, Mitchell Trubitsky, number 25, is... uh, Mobile, I like his athleticism. I think he can run a similar offense to Lamar Jackson or something. Just make him run more. He can't throw the ball at all, really. So you can really load the box defensively against him, and he's not going to beat you passing. you got to be really creative with him, but that's where you're going to get towards the bottom of the league. Number 26, Andy Dalton. Um, He's dropped off a lot. I could maybe put him higher. I just don't like his athleticism enough. Number 27, Jameis Winston. Um, Jameis had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, whatever. He's an interception machine. Can't have those kind of turnovers, especially in this day and age where most of these quarterbacks aren't turning the ball over very much. How did you have 30 interceptions? That's You're just throwing the ball up with your eyes closed. You can't have that. Uh, number 28, Gardner Minshew. Um he was he gave the Jaguars some life this year, which is amazing. So I like his mobility. I like his toughness. Twenty eight, number twenty nine, Baker Mayfield. Um, he's a polarizing guy. He's just been way too much in the media. Um, people should not know about him as much as they do, and that's a sign of uh, his ego. I think getting in the way of him trying to get better. And he's been an interception machine this year, and he needs to start working and stop talking and improve his game. Because I think he has some potential, but he's not a great athlete. I don't think he's very accurate. I mean, he's thrown a lot of picks. So I think maybe you could win with him, but I have no idea. So I have number, number 29. Number 30, Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy goes out and plays hard. He's smart. I'll have him at 30. 
Number 31, Dwayne Haskins. I have him because he was a starter this year and he uh, is young. So maybe he has potential. Number 32, uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, he looked terrible this year for the Broncos. They had a decent team around him. I think he's probably done. So that's the quarterback rankings going into this season. So let me know what you guys think of that. Um, a lot to take in there, uh, but we will we will see how that goes going forward. Um, so basically, the next coming these dates that we got to look forward to in this off season, um, February twenty fourth to March second is going to be the combine. We're going to find out a lot about these prospects at that time. We can look forward to that. Twenty February 25th will be the franchise tag. Teams can have the ability to franchise tag guys between February 25th and March 10th. So we'll be looking at that time frame. Who goes, who, who uh, gets that franchise tag? And it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> what teams lay down the tag for those guys. Um, and then, so we basically have... Um, the draft will be on April 23rd. And so I I have, including this one, I've got 11 episodes um, to uh, detail who, what I think guy, teams should do in the draft. And it's just going to be kind of a brief overview of an in-depth of each team. But I, I have 11 episodes. There's 32 teams. So I'm pretty much going to do about three teams. Um, per episode, which doesn't leave us a ton of time, but I can give a brief overview. And I think especially early on in the draft, a lot of this stuff's going to be somewhat simple because most of these teams that are drafting early, um, they don't have, they need, they need to really rebuild. Um, but that being said, I mean, last year, the Niners picked number two and they went to the Super Bowl, So, you know, We'll see. Uh, just because you're picking early this year doesn't mean you can turn things around that quickly. This is the NFL. All these teams have the ability to change fast. Um, and just if you're a fan of these teams I'm talking about here early on, then of course you're going to be interested. If it's not your team, it's still worth listening to because we can uh, see kind of how we're going to structure this if, if we were GMs kind of what these teams should do and it kind of gives a baseline for what we what we're going to do moving forward uh with the sh- with the show and um our philosophies on these teams so free agency begins march 18th that's when things really get going and team building process begins um so one of the most interesting parts of the draft is seeing how teams balance volume of picks versus uh, perceived value or location of picks. Um, So for example, like the Bengals have the number one pick. So do they value that number one pick and have a guy in mind that they must have, or do they want to trade down and turn that pick into multiple picks? Um, So this is where, I mean, almost everything is scouting, but 
you have to rely on your scouts and I I don't scout these players so I I don't know the particulars and the in-depth of each prospect but what I know is that typically volume of picks is a higher chance of success than than fewer picks and it it kind of sounds like common sense but unless you have that guy that you must have like if there is a quarterback for the Bengals that is a can't-miss guy, then then you would take him. And that's going to be based on your scouts, how they feel about him. And, you know, you have to decide, are, are you completely trying to reset your roster or are you a few pieces away? Like kind of like the Niners were last year. They, they took that number two pick, Nick Bosa, and they had a bunch of guys around him already ready to go. And so they were they were just a, a couple pieces away and they it was obvious so um or are you a reset team and you're picking that high because your roster is crumbling around and i think the Bengals with that one pick i think that um they're kind of in between i could see them resetting <coughs> or i could see them trying to patch some things together to make another run at it they've got a young coach he was a first-year coach last year. I think they're better off just um, going for kind of a, a in-between. I think that when you see what they did with in the 2017 draft with picking John Ross, that front office, obviously, um, they picked John Ross with the ninth pick. And, I mean, valuing a wide receiver that high shows you that they had their priorities totally backward. And this is what I'm talking about with, I think, we as the fans, we have potential to know more than these teams. I would never pick a wide receiver that high. Never. <laughs> and so, and a guy like, I mean, John Ross, you know, he's been a bust pretty much. They picked him with the ninth pick. Can you imagine what they could have got if they traded down? probably would have got two first round picks and maybe one more and so the level of talent you can bring in I mean obviously wide receiver is our least prioritized position I would never pick in the first round a wide receiver I don't care if it's Julio Jones Calvin Johnson Jerry Rice I'm not taking them I'm picking an offensive lineman I'm picking a defensive end I'm picking a defensive tackle I'm taking a quarterback it in the first round that's pretty much what I'm going for you can't pick a wide receiver that high. So that kind of shows you how that messed them up big time because that's a wasted opportunity going forward. And they have kind of mid-range uh, cap space for the offseason, so they can do some things to sign. They had the 30th-ranked offensive line, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So at the number one pick... A lot of people think it's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, if you pick Joe Burrow, you have to understand that he's not going to be protected by a great offensive line year one. And I don't, I don't care if you, you know, is there an obvious best QB in this draft? For me, I say no. I think you have to understand that whoever the Bengals are drafting, whether it's John Elway or Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're rebuilding, you know. So, you know, nobody knew who Joe Burrow was before last year. 
I mean, Tua, Tua Tungavailoa from uh, Alabama would be the obvious pick, but he's got more injury questions than your grandmother. Um, Justin Herbert has all the tools, but is he a fierce competitor worth a high pick? Um, those are questions your scouts are going to have to try to answer. And that's the thing. Nobody knows what's in these players' heads and hearts. Um, Andrew Luck was one of the greatest prospects uh, since John Elway. But, I mean, he didn't love football. And there's not one person who saw that coming. You just can't tell what these guys are thinking. And uh, there's also not one person or scout who, you know, saw a lanky, slow backup quarterback from Michigan who would end up being the greatest QB ever because of what he had between the ears, and that's Tom Brady. So it's a crapshoot. I mean, this is why I believe in, in volume of picks in the draft. I mean, the more picks you have, the higher your odds of success are, really. So <coughs> that being said, I'd probably trade the first pick um, if I were the Bengals. Trade back. You'll probably get a, be able to tr- uh, trade back to later in the first round, probably get another first-round pick. And another one after that, you probably get, you can turn one pick into three picks and value just as much, just as closely. So why wouldn't you do that? If you need a lot of pieces, you need to rebuild your offensive line. And I don't know if they've been watching football, but there's five guys on your offensive line. And that's a big hole you got to fill and you need picks to do it. So you got to replace five players or at least three of them to try to get better and so if you've got a rookie quarterback behind a terrible offensive line he's just going to get destroyed you know and I don't think Joe Burrow is athletic enough to get away from it kind of like Kyler Murray was fast enough to avoid and make up for having a bad offensive line but I don't think Joe Burrow is that kind of athlete to be able to do that so you're in him just putting him out and feeding him to the Lions um, not the Detroit Lions, the Lions on the safari, probably. Um, but you know, the, the guys, um, you, you want to just find guys that y- you can really hope speaking to them and hearing about what their coaches say about them, that they love the game, who's the most athletic, the most coachable. Um, that's what we're looking for. And a the thing that we in particular really want is a quarterback with the biggest hands possible. And it sounds funny, but it's a big deal. And if you look at the quarterbacks with the biggest hands, they don't fumble. They throw with more velocity. It is a thing. You need a quarterback with big hands. The ones with small hands in the past, they have teetered out a lot in this league. And you can look at hand size, look it up. <coughs> it's not a coincidence. So you need guys with big hands throwing the rock and holding on to the ball. Um, yeah, just accumulate picks. you got to kind of start a new culture. I mean, the most talented team that I've ever, that I, I think, in my opinion, the most talented team ever assembled in the cap, cap era, which is pretty much 2000 on. <coughs> Excuse me. The 2013 Seahawks. And when Pete Carroll took over in 2010, him and GM John Schneider, they led the NFL in player transactions, 
uh, two years in a row. I'm pretty sure. So um, they did a complete whole overhaul. Everyone out. It led to six Hall of Famers on one team and a dominant Super Bowl victory and a team. I mean, I would put on the field against anyone ever, and I'm pretty sure they would win. Um, six Hall of Famers. I mean, come on. Um, you know, you had Marshawn Lynch, you had Russell Wilson, you had the Legion of Boom, Earl, Cam, Sherman, <coughs> and uh, and and then Bobby Wagner. So that's <coughs> six Hall of Famers, and. Six Hall of Famers, um, you'd have trouble uh, with that team. So, you know, you you gotta, you know, the NFL is, uh, um, they they played their players young and they they were good young, and the NFL is a young man's game. So, don't be afraid to move off older guys. They're big names, like we said. By the time they're big names, it means they're probably falling off a little bit. And so, in particular for the Bengals, um, yeah, trade that first pick, trade down. Um, unless your scouts say you've got the quarterback of the future, or I don't think there's an offensive lineman worthy of that pick. Um, Chase Young, defensive end, probably the best player in the draft. We'll get to him in a minute, but that's uh, that's a possibility if you value them that much, but it's all about what what your scouts are going to say. The running back uh, cap situation, Joe Mixon, um, he's been a, a great running back, even behind a really bad offensive line. So he's coming into his last year. People are saying he could get an extension. We don't pay running backs. There's no one I want to pay. No one. So we don't pay running backs unless he's going to take a cheap deal, which he's probably not. Probably wants top deal. Let him play out his last year or just trade him. That's Joe Mixon. That's the starting running back. It's pretty simple to do. Trade him. Get value for him while his stock is still high. Or let him play out this last year and then let him walk in free agency. You offer him uh, $5 million or whatever. He probably won't accept it. But you're sure as hell not going to pay him. Ezekiel Elliott money, which is fifteen million. Talk Gurley money, fifteen million. No way I'm wasting that on a running back when I can just pick one in the third round, put him in, and let him play. You can replace him. Uh, so it's almost as similar to wide receiver, especially after a few years. The running back takes as much pounding as any position. Guys are just teeing off on them all game, and. We don't pay running backs, that's why. So, A.J. Green is now uh, about to be a free agent. Um, Do you sign him? Do you not? He's a great player. He was hurt most of this year. Um, And we don't value wide receivers that much. I just let him go. We don't take a cap hit on that. We have other priorities on the Bengals. We need to rebuild those five positions on the offensive line. We need some edge pass rushers, and and that's and we we need a quarterback too. Eventually, we need all our resources going to those those key prioritized positions. You have Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, and those are great defensive line players, and they're under contract. I value those positions. I wouldn't trade those guys. 
uh, even though they probably could get big value on the trade market. I think they're great players, so I would still build my defense around those guys. So now we need to get on to number two pick, um, the Redskins. Um, I think Ron Rivera was probably the best hire of the offseason. I understand why the Panthers let him go. They are kind of resetting, rebuilding. I, I understand needing a fresh start, but I think this is a good change for Ron Rivera. Ownership in, in Washington has been a big hindrance over the years. Um, so if Ron Rivera can overcome that, he might be the personality that can do it. He's tough. He's strong. He's going to implement their culture. And that's what the Redskins really need is a culture change. Um, the last years for those fans, there, there's word that people in Washington, D.C. are just moving a little further down the street to Baltimore and becoming Ravens fans that that's happening. And I've heard about it a lot. So <laughs> that's a bad side um, for an NFL franchise. So the Redskins got some serious work to do. They pick number two, Chase Young. I mean, the Redskins, they actually, uh, the interesting thing is they actually have a decent offensive line. And um, I think they are number 12, uh, number 13 offensive line, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So they actually have a decent, they're losing Trent Williams who sat out this whole year, hold out, left tackle. And uh, that is, uh, he's, he just doesn't want to play for them. That's going to save him a little money, but <coughs> also losing a great left tackle. Um, but he didn't play last year, and their offensive line was still decent. But they've got some older guys. I mean, Alex Smith, he had that horrible injury. He didn't play at all last year. He's costing a lot of money. You got you to gotta get off him. Um, that'll save you $16 million in cap. Um, Josh Norman, got to let him go. Uh, trade or, or just release. He hasn't been good, and he's costing you $12 million. Landon Collins, let him go. He's getting old, slow, safety. Um, you got some older guys, Ryan Kerrigan, Jordan Reed. I, I would just unload these guys. I would just completely rebuild. The number two pick in the draft might be Chase Young. Might be a guy worth taking. He sure looks like it from a pass rush standpoint. That's a position we value tremendously. You could trade down from there, but you might want to value that pick and actually take Chase Young. So while I would say the Bengals could take Chase Young number one, I don't think that's really going to solve their issues as much because they're so bad on the offensive line. Uh, they need more picks. But I think since the Redskins have an okay offensive line, they can fill in on that defense and, and get an elite pass rusher, a lot like the Niners did last year and getting Nick Bosa. So take Chase Young, number two. That's going to be uh, the Redskins going forward. And then spend your money free agency, you know. That you got, uh, if you unload those players, like I said, um, right now you're below average in cap space. Um, you need to be elevated so you can make some moves in free agency as well. Make the hard decisions. You got to man up. You got to do it. Um, and Lions number three, 
They have the number three pick. Um, Matt Patricia, you know, he's going, he, he, he's showing the signs of doing an overhaul. But if they really want to commit to it, they need to get rid of Matt Stafford. Um, it's time to move on. He's costing you a lot of money. Um, you're at the midway part. You've you got a decent amount of cap space, but not as good as you should have for being as bad as you've been. Um, and Stafford is, uh, he, he's highly paid. And so um, you, you've got to move off him. Um, his cap pitch just going to get more and more. And th- that's the thing. Like um, these quarterbacks, they ultimately are holding you back. Um, th- this is part of the reason we need a correction in the QB market. Um, you're so hamstrung financially because of a guy who's not going to get you over the hump anyway. And so he's got trade value for sure. There's suckers out there that'll take him. Man up, you know, move on, make the hard decision. That's where this comes down to. You got to have the guts to do it. <coughs> and if you want to really be good someday. Um, across the rest of their roster, they, they're they pretty good salary cap-wise after Matt Stafford. I mean, they paid Trey Flowers. He's a good defensive tackle, um, pass rusher, uh, Damon Harrison, uh, he's probably getting old. You might want to get rid of him. <coughs> and uh, I like Justin Coleman, a good nickel corner. And then after that, I mean, they, they, they're not spending much money. So you could see how they could really be major players in free agency. And, uh, and then I would probably trade down from the third pick, accumulate draft picks. I mean, you could keep trading down. You know, it's easier said than done to trade. You know, people say, oh, trade down. But you got to find a trade partner. It's not it's not as easy as I say it is. But I, I mean, then it's, you know, technically executed. But, I mean, that high of a draft pick, number three, there's so many teams that are desperate for quarterbacks. They'll trade. They'll trade up. And they'll give you great value for the, those top, I mean, the top ten picks in the NFL drafter enormous value you can get two first rounders and a second maybe and I mean you're just bringing it you can you can make a haul and you can keep trading back too if you want you know you trade down uh, let's say you know the Panthers move up into the third spot and they give you a first round pick this year and maybe a first round next year and a third round pick this year now you've got two picks in this year's draft you can move down from that first round pick again and um, accumulate more and more and more so it's easier said than done but um, with that high level of pick I mean you've got your work cut out for you if you're the Bengals Redskins and Lions and it's going to take a lot of uh, turnover on your team and making the hard cuts you know Pete Carroll and John Schneider came in and they they cut big name guys they got rid of them they even paid Matt Flynn, uh, which was a high price tag at that time uh, in free agency. They paid Matt Flynn to come in, and they drafted a quarterback in the third round. And they had the guts to bench the guy that they paid for the third round pick. And how did that turn out? Well, it's Russell Wilson. They had the guts just because they paid a guy. They didn't just automatically start him. 
they started the guy who was better and had the brighter upside. And that's what these teams need to do. Make the hard decision. Even your fans might not understand it first. But you got to move off guys that aren't putting you over the top. Matt Stafford, that his price tag isn't getting you anywhere. And he's just he's not the answer for that. So you got to make the tough choice, trade him. You can get so much value. I mean, you could have just a, an enormous draft if you trade the players, I say, and, and unload them and, uh, and save that money, you know. Um, I'm looking at all these cap numbers. It's going to be fascinating, all these teams and what they do. I mean, the poor Vikings are, are in the hole uh, budget-wise by $11 million. And, I mean, they've been wildly spending for a while. Um, but they are in the red. Uh, worst cap situation in the league. And uh, the poor Jaguars are right next to them in the red. Only two teams in the red are Jaguars and Vikings. And, man, the Jaguars are just awful. Um, and they're they're spending wildly. Is, I mean, geez, it's one thing to be the Vikings and spend that much and be a still a playoff team, but to be the Jaguars spending that much and not even be able to sniff the playoffs is just ludicrous. Those poor Jacksonville fans, they deserve better. And so, hey, Maximum Sports, we'll come down. We'll come down to Jacksonville, and I'll guarantee you playoffs. Give me three years, three or four years, I'll guarantee you, you playoffs. And we'll get to the Jaguars in later episodes. And uh, thank you so much for joining me, Maximum Sports. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you to all the listeners. And um, everyone who's listening, keep keep telling people about the show. And um, I rely on you guys to spread the word so we can help these teams out. And uh, it's going to be a fun off season. So everyone enjoy your week. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.